heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. This is Richie Incognito of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. This Monday edition of Locked On Bills is brought to you by mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN at mybookie.ag. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Bills presented by Cover One. I am Eric Turner, today joined by Kevin Masseri. What's going on, Kev? Not too much, man. How are you doing today? Not too bad. I'm, I'm to that phase right now where I'm kind of, uh, yes, I'm disappointed at the loss uh, to the Carolina Panthers, but um, I'm, I'm starting to simmer down a little bit right now. I say I, I can't, I, Kev, I can't drink during games, whether they're home, away, or whatever, just because I would end up breaking uh, every every remote in the house. I understand, man. Yeah, no, it's, I'm I, I, I'm actually okay with it. I, I, it depends on the game, but yeah. right now, it's it, it in this specific game when there was no offense, anyways, it was really easy to try to keep your cool and at best you're, you're looking for a drive out of this thing. So, um, it was it was really easy to kind of, I mean, that last drive really of all drives, of course, was the one we almost put together. So. Right. And, you know, it's it's one of those things I'm going to start off with the, the good, which was obviously the defense. Um, I mean, holding the Panthers uh, three separate times in the red zone with uh, the quarterback they have and what a weapon he is inside the red zone and the running backs that they have and weapons uh, in that area, especially with the size. And I thought uh, in the first half, the, the reason that uh, Carolina dominated so much on the offensive side of the ball was their size, their receivers running those digs and those deep ends and just going up and getting the rock. Yeah, absolutely. It's This is a tough one to really get get into really early on in the game. I mean, if, if, you, if you think about it, if you think about it from our perspective and on a, on a bill, on a bill's end, I mean, you're really getting into, we need to see the all 22, like you said, to get into a lot of the different, plays and you know offensive line defensive line and I, I really want to see more before we can break down a lot of the in-depth especially that last play that that one's really getting to people yeah it, it's 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 kind of disappointing honestly Kev because you know I, I wouldn't say I'm a tie rod I'm pro tie rod I'm not right. pro Peterman I'm not pro uh <laughs> right. I, I don't I don't want to say pro Peterman right yeah, now yeah and you know it and I just try to put myself in these players situations and with that situation uh, typically, when you, you have that smash concept versus cover two or what appeared to be cover two, yeah, you want to hit that corner route, okay? So I heard a lot of people complaining, oh, you had McCoy short. Yeah, they did, but that, that corner did eventually squat. Um, but, I mean, you could always play the devil's advocate. Could they have thrown it short and had another play? Yeah, with the first down, definitely. But when when you run that concept and you run it versus cover two, you're coaching your, your receivers and quarterback to throw that corner route and to throw it until they stop it on defense. And unfortunately, that was really one of the, maybe the second or third time that they actually tried a deep pass. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's no, I, I thought it was the right read. It, okay, so you can start at the top. Was sure. it the right read? I, and I, I believe it was the right read. Um, like you said, could we have gotten another play out of it, the safe play? The play that we probably normally would have taken. Um, yeah, you could have, like you said. But I would have taken, I, I, I like the read there at the end of the game. I think it's the right read. Um, he let his receiver have a play on the ball. Um, and then from there, you know, we're going to have to look at it a little bit more to see exactly what Zay Jones was doing, exactly what Tyrod saw. Um, I thought he almost put it where it needed to be compared to where the corner was. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I think it could be a little bit better of a throw. Sure. I don't know how much better, though. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I already jumped. I already jumped right into the meat and potatoes. I, yeah, I was trying no, to, right. I'm trying to go the defensive side, but you know, we're we're getting these comments in in, in the chat box, and um, yeah. it does it does bother me. I don't want to say it doesn't bother me because again, I thought it was the right play. I thought that Tyrod had the right idea, and I put I put that on Twitter because I think uh, that Tyrod from the right hash for him to throw that ball to the pylon, even though Zay kind of, he kind of flattened the route out a little bit, which you're supposed to, you know, go towards the corner pylon a little more. Right. Uh, but, and even that I'm not even blaming on him, but I, I would just, I, I liked the throw upfield because he was playing it safe and keeping it away from the James Bradbury, who uh, obviously kind of similar to the play that Trey White made earlier in the game, uh, got his hand on the ball. James Bradbury, six one, he has 33 inch and three eighth arms. So, I mean, I can understand the trajectory that that ball would have needed from the right hash to throw to that corner route 
Um, I, I think it would have been a heck of a throw. And I think there are quarterbacks that can make it. Do I think Tyrod's that guy? No. And I don't see why everyone's so up in arms about it. I don't think Tyrod is a perfect pass guy. So, um, and it's like week after week, we want to criticize Tyrod, but I mean, Absolutely. you don't know by now who he is. I mean, why are you getting upset every week? I, and, and I, I saw a really good tweet and probably one I want to reference where someone said, if that was a throw by Nathan Peterman, that we would have been really defensive to Nathan Peterman there. And I really like that take because I think that that's a really strong take that had that been the same exact play call, same exact situation. And the ball is exactly where it was there. Nathan Peterman threw it. I think that absolutely Nathan Peterman would have got the benefit of the doubt. That's where it should have been. That was a good throw. He put it up there. The thing I'm not seeing enough is that's he put it in a position for the receiver to at least make a play to try to win a game. That's where the ball needs to be. It wasn't thrown out of bounds. It wasn't, it wasn't short armed. That's pretty much sure with Tom Brady and Rogers. Can you get a better throw than that? Probably. Um, but you know, for, for the situation of the game, how well they're playing defensively and what's going on all around, you know, trying to make a read at the end of the game, trying to throw it to give yourself at least a play if he does go down at the three or the two or the one, wherever that would have been, or even out of bounds. I, I think that that's, that's about as good of a, with that situation as you can. But because it's Tyrod, I think it's kind of the opposite where people look at it like, well, Tyrod Taylor can't make that throw ever. He never makes that throw or, you know, he's not a good quarterback. And then they just default to that. But really on an individual play basis, you made a throw that the receiver should have made the play on. It's the rule that you get taught at high school football, middle school football, that you have two hands on the ball. You need to make come down with it regardless of like how perfect the throw was or wasn't. No one, I don't think anyone said that throw was perfect. And I don't think anyone right. said that. No, you can't defend that. I mean, again, a right half throw, he does a really good job here of you know holding a safety like you said in this in, in the presser and it just uh it, it, yeah it got away from him a little bit but sure I mean, zay jones I, he you, everyone knows that's my guy and uh should i should he have had that i i would have liked to see him have that he had a nice catch on this drive um I, I, it's a really tough catch though and, and the thing that got to me is because and i kind of mentioned this when we did a, the broadcast uh from the preseason game with the eagles sometimes I, one thing i don't like about him is he exaggerates his head fakes. And it almost looks like this head fake and shoulder fake here, um, you know, is what caused the, him to trip off of that linebacker. And could that affect the, the, the play? I, I can't say it, it didn't. I mean, but in the end, I'd love to see him come down with that. I do think I, I don't fault anyone on this play. Honestly, I think it's a, I think it's a safe throw. Uh, right. And oh, man, it's right there. But before I get your opinion on this, Kevin, I want to tell our listeners about one of our partners. You know, every week I get questions about fantasy advice, uh, betting advice, you know, who they should bet on this week, the Patriots or the Steelers, Chicago or Detroit. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people, you know, go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in business for many years. It's got a rock solid rep. Uh, they do 100% cash bonuses. So uh, you're making money uh, for doing nothing. They pay you back in two days. So all your winnings, you'll get it in your account in two business days. This is a company that I believe in. I think that I uh, should give it a shot. I mean, like I said, they pay out in two days. Uh, they'll give you bonuses. Uh, they have in-game live betting and uh, the most rewarding player perks in the business. Check it out. You go onto their mobile site. You'll see it's very easy to navigate and uh, makes wagering a breeze. So join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON. To activate the offer, visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Kev, do you think anyone's at fault for this play, the deep pass from Tyrod Taylor to Zay Jones? I mean, I think it's everyone's getting into this, like whose fault was it, whose fault yeah. wasn't it? And to me, to me, I just you know made a simple comment, you know, seventy million uh, comments later, it's just simple. Like I just think that I don't care if it was Zay Jones, Jordan Matthews. Charles Clay, I, th I just think the receiver needs to come down with it in that specific in instance with the game on the line to slightly, I'm going to say slightly help out your quarterback. I don't think it was that bad of a throw. Was it perfect? Like we've said a million times, no, it absolutely wasn't. Was that where it could be to win a game? Absolutely. That's the throw you make. That's a great read. He could have just normally dumped it off to McCoy like people. Now they say that, but had, <laughs> yeah. done, had he done that, they would make him miss Zay Jones, right? Yeah. So He's only um, thrown the running backs. Yeah, right. So... <laughs> And when the push came to shove and they, they, they spread it out a little bit, like we said in some of our pregame shows, they started to move on. I mean, Carolina did drop into a softer zone, but they did start to move the ball when they were thrown to the receiver. So it is interesting to see that two-minute drill. Is there anything you took away from just that two-minute drill? Was What was Carolina doing differently that allowed our receivers to find a little space? Because you made that call on Andre Holmes, and 
by definition, it was offensive pass interference. But you, you that, that that changes. That is a scoring drive to me. The way that that drive is moving, that's a scoring drive. First and 10 from the 22 or whatever it would have been. You push it back to the 42 or 40 around there. Right. That's a huge difference in, in gameplay. That's a huge change to make that call there. That, that, that's a big difference. And to miss the face mask on LaShawn McCoy earlier. Yeah, and I thought the fourth quarter is really when the offense did start to move. And that is when they started to open up a little bit. I mean, Tyrod Taylor was... 9 for 12 for 72 yards in that quarter. Of course, it, it really doesn't matter until it, unless you can finish right. that drive. But I thought that, uh, you know, the defense just got soft in, in their zones. And uh, I, especially on that play, uh, I think we took a timeout, right? And then Carolina, we came out and then Carolina took a timeout. And then uh, they still had right. the chance on that play. So uh, I thought that fourth quarter was uh, a pretty good fourth quarter for the offense. Uh, unfortunately, it took that long to get going. And it's something, I mean, I have to wait to see the All-22 because um, I don't think we took enough deep shots, and I think that's a valid concern. And I think that's a concern we've had going in, so it's not something I'm completely surprised about. But I thought going in by having Clay active, uh, Kalen Clay, I thought that that was going to be his role. Yeah, I thought that that was the move, but when asked about it in his post-game press conference, he basically said he had some some experience with Carolina. That was all uh, Sean McDermott was able to give us on why Kalen Clay over Brandon Tate almost muffed a punt, uh, did muff a punt, almost lost the ball. Yeah. Um, it, it is it is an it is an interesting decision that you rostered Tate specifically for this reason. He should be active on game days, um, but I do agree that you don't really need a Tate and a, and a Kalen Clay active on the same day. So they went with Clay in this instance, and I did think you'd see some more deep shots on offense, but no, he was used specifically as just a returner, just a punt returner too because Taiwan Jones was actually back on there was not many kickoffs but you know Taiwan Jones was back on the on all of them I believe right and it's you know we're talking about deep passes and I want to bring up um, our uh, partners pro football focus passing chart of Tyrod Taylor just because I thought that uh, you know they only took three shots and they honestly weren't even that good of shots honestly Um, uh, obviously that Zay Jones pass was a deep shot and they had a couple that Tyrod just kind of threw up where uh, there was no chance these receivers were going to catch it. So uh, with as much cover three that uh, Carolina typically plays, and again, I can't really tell you if they played a lot of cover one or cover three for that matter this week, but um, that's something I'll break down obviously later. But for to have only three shots and they weren't really valid shots or, or certified shots down the field, uh, you, you can't have that. And that's, pro- that's partly why uh, the offense couldn't, uh, run the ball because you know they had so many guys in the box and then to play that cover three match or that uh, you know those deep zones uh, it's hard to get over the top and especially if you don't have guys that can do it regularly yeah and I just what I find super interesting is why did why did Carolina soften like why do you think that they soften on that drive like what was the purpose only down or excuse me only up by six and you're allowing some wide receivers to run open I think that drive turns out, and we've said this, I've said this already, a completely different had we um, not received that offensive pass interference call. I think the, I think the Bills are moving the ball there, and I think that they're getting into a much better position. Um, and you know, something we haven't talked about yet today on on the line of this drive and in general was, you know, kind of Sean McDermott's inexperience with kind of running the two minute drill. Yeah. Uh, I see his principles with keeping a timeout, but I don't think your offense is moving as as with Philip like Philip Rivers does, where they're able to keep their timeouts because they're up and going and moving. I mean, you took thirty seconds off the clock to you know to to snap the ball toward the end of the game when you you could have burned a timeout that you ended up eating because of it. Now we would have needed that. It, it's a catch twenty two because we would have needed that timeout. Say we completed that sure. pass to Zay. Um, that clock runs out most likely if you don't have that timeout or he doesn't get out of bounds. So. I think you need to t- talk about this drive in a lot of different facets. I, I-, I think uh, McDermott's ex- uh, a little bit of la- lack of his experience shows up here. Um, mm-hmm. There should have been a lot more time, and maybe you don't even need, maybe you could have done that McCoy dump off because you don't need that play had you had thirty more seconds, thus changing the whole dynamic, thus not needing the timeout anyways. So there is a lot that you can look at from the start to finish on this drive. Once we crossed, it was looking good, and once that once that Holmes uh, OPI happened, I think it it really changed the course of this game. Uh, I really did. It did. It took the wind right out of the, our sails because, and I'll play devil's advocate, um, having coached before, uh, the reason why you don't stop the clock in that situation is because you don't want that defense to sub in or sub out, and, sure. and you want to keep those guys. And, and we couldn't do, and that's one thing I wanted us to do against this team is spread them out, whether it be four wide 
or or five wide for that matter. And we didn't see that to the end of the game and, and on that last almost in uh, you know, that last drive. And it, we couldn't do that because our offensive line was struggling at times and you couldn't run tempo. You couldn't do hurry up because we were doing, you know, we couldn't stay on the field and we were, our defense was just, you know, whooped. So we had to try to do some type of uh, control the clock. Uh, and, and, and that's why you couldn't do tempo. And I thought that hurt us. I thought that um, that's what helped at the end of the game. Right. And I, I just think that there, it, there's another, there's another point to this too. And this is dumb looking at it back now, but I do think there's an element of if you're moving the ball as fast as we almost were, you want that clock to move just a little bit. Not, not quite like we had it moving, but the last thing you want to do is have Cam Newton with the ball in his hands with 45 seconds to play to kick a field goal to even be more heartbreaking. So there are a lot of elements to not calling a timeout there. I, I, I definitely believe that all goes to nothing when you get the offensive pass interference and you back it on up. Um, I think it was really a ticky-tack call in in the last drive. When you when, when the refs actually let it play, they let the game go for the most yeah, part by both ways. Some penalties both ways they miss, and I'm always on board with that way. Just drop a couple, right? Just let them, let them play. I'd rather that than you overcall them like Ed Hockey Lee does. But with this specific, I had just had a problem that you're not calling anything all game and you call very marginal because if here's the thing, if Andre Holmes drops that ball, they don't call that penalty. I don't believe that flag comes out because it came out late. So I'd rather have what it have been second and 10 um, and Andre Holmes dropped it, then him catch it and get the, receive the penalty. Do you see what I mean? So like, yeah, no, I agree. The play to dictate the penalty on top of you, you missed one kind of borderline, uh, McCoy on, on a face max that you let go, which fine, let it go. But the play, but I think it was the play, the play prior. So I, I think you need it. It's tough. I just think you let them both go. Personally. Yeah, I, I think that was uh, that was a weak call. Let's, yeah. uh, let's be fair here. I think that was a weak call. It's not like Andre Holmes extended his arms to push off. Uh, he's playing against a, a decent sized cornerback, and I thought he kind of embellished it a little bit. Uh, I just think that uh, it, it was one of those calls you do. You just got to let go. And, you know, they played penalty wise. I mean, they only had five for 44. Uh, so, I mean, it's not, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, that was not bad at all. No. I mean, I thought they called a good game. It just of, of all calls to make, to make that one. Yeah. And someone just, it's, it's bad. And someone comments in the chat box uh, from a centric shaft says you can't miss that face mask. The one I was just alluding to. And true. I, I, I agree. I don't think you can miss that. I think that that changes the dynamic. If you call that one, uh, and then that Andre Holmes play never happened. So yeah, you can go down it and, you know, penalties, you can't, I, I don't think that's a theme yet in this season, and that's great. And uh, I just think in this specific drive, they popped their head out of nowhere where you called one and not the other, and it changes the course of how this drive plays out. So I I, I didn't like it. I Right in, I saw it live. I thought it was a face mask. I think you need to call that. Um, it was a blatant face mask. Um, if you're going to let that go, fine. You're going to let them play some football. I'm, like I said earlier, I'm cool with that. Don't call that chintzy um, offensive pass interference. I call that a soccer penalty. Um, <laughs> I mean, playing soccer my entire life, you can't you can't allow that to be called. That's that's bad. You, you can't allow that penalty to be called. It forever it changes the dynamic of this drive. You took the game in your hands, and now you you set it up to give the defense uh, an, an advantage on that. So, um, the defense. Uh, Chappie says the DB fell, but uh, but not because of the contact. So I no, I, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't think he pushed off at all. Uh, I don't think that. Um, I, honestly, the call, I was like, man, that's a late call. And it came when they showed the camera angle of it uh, during the game. You saw the the ref kind of struggling to get the the flag out of the his back of his uh, lower back. And uh, it, it's just one of those things. Like, man, just leave it there. Don't call that because this is too close of a game. You can't have. That really killed us. Uh, that was call. A, I, yeah, I did a man. real blatant holding that stopped a sack. Fine. I mean, that happens. Um, I just don't think you can call a chintzy OPI. One, a call that like borderline shouldn't be called in the first place. Um, and you're going to call it. I mean, there's the play. I don't know if there's another angle there. But. I don't think they have on. This is the highlight, so I don't think they you know they don't show another one. But it's weak, man. Yeah. And look, they're they're lost. That corner's lost. Daryl Worley's lost. I just I don't know, man. I I don't like it. I I, I think it's such a poor call. Oh. I think it's a poor call to, to when you haven't been calling it. I guess even if you've been calling a really close game and each team has twenty penalties apiece, okay, fine. That's not the game you're in. You're letting this thing go. You've been letting it go all game, um, and you go ahead and you throw that there. 
yeah. I, I think, yeah, someone says he flopped. Yeah, I mean, prob <laughs> probably there's a slight amount of contact. There was like a slight amount of contact. So right. um, enough to where it warranted fully looking like he played himself open. But like, I don't know. I don't think that if that was Calvin Benjamin on the other end of the field, I don't think he, I don't think that they call that. No, I don't, I don't think I don't. so either. And and we're watching some of the highlights from the game on the screen. And it was just one of those things. On, and I'm going to flip it over the D for a few minutes. I'm sure we'll end back up on the offensive side. But I thought early on, uh, the difference was I thought our tackling was pretty shoddy. I saw a bunch of uh, comments on, on Twitter about, oh, yeah, we were playing the Jets last year, uh, last week. And, and that's why, uh, you know, we looked so good. Well, no, I, it came down to fundamentals, you know, losing contain. Uh, on, on Cam Newton and, and missing tackles and, and and our boy Zoe, you know, he missed a few tackles early on. He had a, a nearly yeah, a yep. sack. Um, so I thought they settled down though. I thought eventually they, they settled down and did a good job against uh, Cam Newton. And uh, I mean, you got to expect Cam Newton seeing this defense thousands and thousands of times. You can tell too, had he been a little bit healthier, he might've even done a little bit more damage. No doubt. Um, yeah. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any, any arguments there. And look, Carolina only had nine points, but they were able to capitalize at any of our defensive lapses. They capitalized, like you said, on an early drive on Zoe. I, I noticed too that uh, he missed a couple of plays, and you know, and 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 you know that defense kind of gave a little, you know, kind of you know gave a, gave in a little bit in that first drive, and they scored a field goal. Carolina was able to overcome any shortcomings in their defensive game plan, and and were really able to get after Tyrod. Didn't make any mistake, in my opinion, except a little bit of soft coverage on the last drive. Their defense, you know, was able to get away with it. Um, our our defense just let gave in a little bit and allowed it to be nine, you know, nine three. But had, I mean, look, we weren't scoring anything offensively anyway, so we could have lost six three. Say that opening drive never happened, or uh, the drive prior when you know we were pretty worn down, and you know we really just tightened at the last minute. Um, to you know, hold them for a field goal, which they did miss a wide open uh, Christian McCaffrey in the flat. So yeah, um, no, definitely. I, there were yeah, we caught a few breaks on defense. As good as our defense played, yeah. don't don't get me wrong, we caught a few breaks, especially on that last play when they're in the red zone. Uh, but look at this bend by. It was good to see Jerry Hughes get going and this defense all together as far as rushing the passer. Look at this swat on Khalil. Uh, ben, the Ben there. I mean, that's a really nice play by Jerry Hughes. Good to see him have a, a couple sacks this game. And I thought uh, the defensive line and the defensive play uh, calls were really spectacular. Some of these stunts you'll see uh, Alexander come late up the middle, and they'll ru he'll run a little twist, and his aggression actually uh, causes this right tackle to fall, and uh, Yarbrough cleans up on this play. Absolutely. And – I think I, I read it was first time in three years we had six sacks in a game. Yeah. So um, I, I I do believe there was a lot to take out of this. A lot of there was a lot more positive, especially de defensively. That you know, for people that don't want to win games for what draft pick reasons, they're going to be disappointed because of how good this defense plays, um, and especially against not a defense like Carolina, who could end up being top three. Eric. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I it's, could it's see as that. good of a front seven as I've seen current as much as I've studied. Is is as good as a front seven I've seen. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and you'll see when we break down the film later in the week. Uh, I mean, just look at Keekly. Uh, you can't talk about him enough, but look at him and how he buzzes right to the center of the field, takes away that option. That Tyron, he wants to go right here. That's, yeah, you know? absolutely, and, yeah, and, for a first I mean, down. Yep. That guy's bracketed. Uh, could he have thrown it out here? Yes, but, I mean, look at uh, – you got a running back on a linebacker, Thomas Davis, right there. And look, before he can even get to his second read, uh, I mean, the linebacker's in his face. So, um, it, it's – it's a third down and seven. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see him and he still converts anyway. So um, my question is, do you think Peterman, okay, say they throw him in there. You think with this offensive line that Peterman can either get the ball out in time to, uh, to the receivers if they separate, or uh, do you think he's going to be running for his life? Kind of what Tyrod has been in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I'll get into that a little bit. I think that he would have gotten the ball out of his hand and I'm, I, but he's inaccurate. So he's a 50% passer. So just because he gets a ball out of hand doesn't mean anything good's going to happen with it. Sure. Um, especially with a shoddy offensive line, especially getting bracketed like that. Could that have been a pick six really because yeah. he got the ball out of his hand so quickly? Absolutely. So I do think that there's a lot to look at in the all 22. There's a lot to look at offensively and even defensively um, to see, you know, exactly a little bit more of what was happening in this um, and see if it was the play call, see if it was Tyrod, see if it was, offensive line or a combination of all three or even more, you know, some more uh, reasons why they struggled a little bit offensively. But this is, someone said it earlier, this is reminiscent of that Baltimore home opener, uh, season opener last year. Um, oh, that's a great, that's a good good comparison. It, it, I like that. It really is. It really is the same thing. And uh, it was referenced that, well, that, that game alone got um, Roman fired. And I mean, yeah, it did. 
Uh, this this had the makings. It, it was a pretty poor offensive game performance. Um, so it we're going to have to see. <laughs> yeah, it was ugly. There was probably a couple factors why. Yeah. Um, don't overlook. There was a couple of should have been picks that were dropped by. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I think someone said that in the chat box. You mean Tyrod throws? Um, <laughs> well, I'm not sure where he's or you think or you're saying Cam Newton. Which way? Um, yeah. I mean, and, and play like this too. a second and 27 and people are going to. Uh, they're immediately throwing Dennison. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter yep. say that um, uh, Tyrod, uh, pro Tyrod people are basically going to blame this on Dennison. And um, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that we can't jump to these conclusions about what the issue was until we see the film. Of course, I'm going to say that because I'm a film guy. But, you know, plays like this, it, it kind of leans in that direction of what was Dennison calling? Look at all four of these routes. Yep. I think you're allowed field. to say that, Eric. I think you're allowed early on. Obviously, we don't have all have access to all 22 and a lot of our yeah. viewers don't either. I think you're allowed to say from a blank eye, just from a, just from the gameplay, just from watching the game or rewatching it, whatever. I think you're allowed to say that there were some questionable routes, there were some questionable play calls, and a lot of you know a few Mike Tolbert screens. There was a series of just Mike Tolbert. I I think you're allowed to sit back and say sure. a little bit of what what was that not as a defense to Tyrod just what was Dennison doing in this game and why like this this is not look it did not look right that's why I'm I'm really excited to watch this film as as ugly it's going to be and there's going to be a lot of criticism um but I, I do want to see what they were trying to attack because and what their game plan was because um you know a lot of people did say it was a pretty weak game plan and uh, obviously I, I'm going to wait the whole and, and to say that but if right. if I see that you know like that last play for for slants you know, uh, that's that's not really optimal, especially when you're talking on Tyrod Taylor backed up uh, and, uh, with a, you know, in his end, end zone. So uh, I don't like that play call on second and 27. Jeez, I would have liked it even just a, a draw or trap on that play uh, better than uh, running all four slants right into the heart of the defense. So little things like that. I, I mean, I do want to see the, you I, know, what, what occurred. Uh, I, on you, the know what, you know what I expect too? I expect some offensive changes to happen. You saw Joe Banyard um, inactive today. I think you see some. I think you see some offensive changes. Uh, not not with your Such coordinator. A, yeah, I, I think you pull up a practice squad receiver. I think you might go out and you know they work out twenty. You know we're a really heavy workout um, team on Tuesdays, so I think you see a move. Um, I'm not quite sure where or why or what. I can, once again, without the film, I don't I don't really know what I'm thinking. But I, I do think you see a practice squad player pulled up. I think you I think you see a tight end come in. I don't know. I, I could see an offensive move to kind of try to spark something and maybe they're going out looking for someone that can just be a speeder, but I, yeah, I, I, no, I'd like definitely. to see, I'd like to see a move made on offense. You're not even, you're not, you're not even activating. I mean, your offense right now is, you know, LaShawn McCoy. And like you said in this game, when it stopped, you don't have anything. That's what happened in this game. I don't think it's, I don't think it's hard to tell that they came ready to stop McCoy. Maybe McCoy wasn't full strength. I don't know if that's even true, right. um, but they stopped him. We didn't have an we didn't have a plan B or we didn't have an answer to their answer, um, and that's when you started to see some some of this this questioning of the play calling. And I just don't think you had the right game plan. I just I just see I just see a wide receiver move. I don't know where. I think they'll in, in week five when Walt Powell comes back. I think he definitely sticks on the roster. I don't think he just gets cut. Um, so I, I do yeah, see Jordan Mills, I, man. Jordan yeah. Mills on this play, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the you know a little I don't want to say shade, but uh, Jordan Mills got beat by Julius Peppers here. I mean. Uh, and he Jordan Mills is trying to vertical set here and you see Peppers just swat him down. And again, we're going to talk about this later on when we see the all 22, but we have a pretty good look here. You'll see it's man across the board. Everyone is disrupted. All of these receivers are disrupted. You got three receivers, uh, you know, one receiver outside Zay Jones, Charles Clay and Tolbert on third and six with the ball in the left hash. Right. And they're right. trying to run a three man route to the left into the boundary. Yeah. I mean, do they, have a man, do they have a man beater anywhere? I don't see one. Yeah. <laughs> so again, they could have been expecting something else, but this is pretty obvious man coverage here, and it's it's disrupting. And you know, a lot of people put this play on Tyrod. I I mean, I think this is just good defense. That's they it get is, paid to play yeah. defense, man. You're, that, people forget that it's either bad <laughs> offense or bad defense. Yeah, <laughs> but people like you know aren't paid to play offense. You could go either way, or people aren't paid to play defense. And we just said earlier, like just a couple minutes ago, that this is a number top 
three at the least defense right now. They're playing their buzz. They haven't a lot of touchdown. They haven't a lot of touchdown in six offensive, uh, <laughs> or in, uh, excuse me, in eight offensive quarters. They have not allowed a touchdown. They've allowed six total points. San Francisco didn't look, they, they're, they're not great. They didn't look terrible against Seattle. They took them right down to the wire. Um, Carolina is a very good defensive team. They're going to yeah. make the playoffs. I mean, no uh, doubt. I agree. No doubt about it. They're going to make the playoffs and, you know, you put it on record. I think they even win a game in the playoffs at the very least. So yeah, if they get that offense going, if they get uh, a good balance between yeah. McCaffrey and Stewart, uh, they have the hogs up front yep. uh, to move the ball, to control the control the clock. And of course, then Cam, once he gets more reps with his receivers, he didn't, he only played what two snaps in the preseason, he gets more yep. reps with these guys and, and, and gets that vertical and game. Gets healthy going. himself. Yeah, yeah. man. I, yeah. I mean, they could, they can win some games and I, and their secondary was really bad last year. Obviously their linebackers weren't as good without Keekly, but Having those guys back, um, you can tell it made a heck of a difference. How about Jordan Poyer, though? Uh, what a pickup. And, and I think I think, I think think McDermott even said it almost in his press conference where he said, Carolina's had seven years. We've had two weeks. Um, sure. This is the team that you're, you're, you're looking at the team the Bills want to be, a, a big physical uh, quarterback that can do a lot of different things, a, a few offensive skill players, big receivers, um, a, a good – options on the running game and then a solid zone defense. I, I, I think that I think that that's what they're going for. I really think that you're watching what the Bills want to build sure. um, and hopefully take a step in front of someone like the Panthers over the next year or two. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, oh, and, <laughs> I, 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 they're building the right way too. I mean, of course they're stockpiling picks and they're um, I, I think they did, they, they, you know what they did with Mc, uh, McCoy and extending and giving him incentives and uh, focusing on him in the pass and the run game and Clay. Well, guess what? Those are your highest paid players. You, you might as well maximize them. So uh, as much as, um, you know, they took a lot of uh, heat for not, for, you know, just throwing it to the tight ends and receivers last week. I mean, that's where it should be distributed based on salary. I mean, that's what everyone wanted, right? Yeah, it is what everyone wanted. And so here's what happens. Everyone said Tyrod can only throw deep or only, you know, scramble. Now he stops throwing deep. Now he can only check it down. Tyrod's not a check down court. He 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 is a little bit in the West Coast offense. Not not because that's all he can do. Um he is he takes a lot of heat for well, he's just throwing to his running back tight end. We well, we just talked about them. That's where all of our cap allocation is. That's where yeah. our big guys are. That's where our money's being spent. Now, so do you want them to get the ball, like LaShawn McCoy, Charles Clay? Do you want these guys to get the ball, or don't you? Because you've you flip flopped, you know, in the last twelve months, you flip flopped kind of what you're asking for. Yeah. So you got, you got to kind of put that into perspective. Do you want these guys that you want Charles Clay to catch the ball over the middle or not? Because that's what you've asked for for the last two years. Yeah, and and most of their guys, uh, and I said week one. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was a complete opposite quarterback that he was last year. Everything was short. He was in the 30% range of yardage, uh, you know, yardage uh, in the air. So he, a lot of his stuff was short and he had, you know, a decent amount of yak come week one. And it just, and I don't, I can't say definitively that's it's because of, uh, we don't have a deep threat, but I think that's also a, a product of the scheme. And that's what, um, that's what everyone wanted. They wanted the ball out of his hands. They wanted him to read quickly, get the ball out. But it just, I mean, I, I don't think, I, regardless of what Tyrod does this year, I don't think um, – and regardless of what Tyrod had done on that drive, if he would have scored a touchdown, it would not have changed anything, uh, anyone's opinions on Tyrod Taylor. As, as he just – no one wants him to be our quarterback. So I think this is his year. I think this is it. I don't really see him being the quarterback next year. Yeah, it, it is what it is. It's just getting a little ridiculous with um... – making things up for your reasoning on why like people will say things that just aren't true or they'll make up like realizations that you know what he is um you know what he can do you know what he's able to do he's one of the better quarterbacks we've had during this drought i mean hands down and if you don't want that and you want to take another ticket in the lottery system um and take another quarterback and see what happens that is absolutely a fair assessment you're allowed to want that but I don't. I don't think you should take that out on your court, current quarterback. That's going to be your current quarterback this year. I mean, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Why ruin Peterman? Why put him in? You're not going to get anything more out of him. You're just gonna. You're just gonna cause damage. This is the guy you're paying to be your quarterback this year. Let him be your quarterback. He is a 500 or better quarterback. Let him go out, do his thing, see what he has for an entire season, and you never know what could happen. Let it go. Let him make his throws. Let him do what he does. And stop knocking some things that aren't necessarily his fault. So, yeah, I mean, and and completion wise today, I, he wasn't honestly that bad. Um, again, it's it's one of those things we'll have to see on the L twenty two. But I mean, completion percentage wise, he wasn't bad. It just uh, there was nothing. I mean, he averaged five yards in attempts. I mean, you can't you can't win 
in this yeah. league, especially if you're not throwing screens and stuff like that. You can't um, you can't win that way, you, especially no. especially when the receivers you have and the weapons you do have at receiver aren't guys that are are burners that are yak guys. These, we have more possession guys, and everyone knows that. So um, I'm not completely surprised about it. I thought you know they did a better job last week of working the intermediate area, um, but I also thought that. Uh, some of the play calls and concepts that were utilized also put those receivers in optimal position to get yardage after the catch. Yeah. And if you, you know, you read a couple of comments and everyone's saying basically, you know, it was interesting how McDermott said after one year in, uh, we're only one year in and they're seven. Yeah. I mean, you could see it here. Um, it, like, like I referenced earlier, this is definitely the team we're trying to build a similar, very similar team to how Carolina's built. Um, it, it, it would be funny to be able to go in there two weeks in and beat them. It really would be. In, in a way, it would be very interesting to go in with a very similar style and be able to do what they do better almost. Uh, it was a tough challenge from day one, especially they're here. You get you get a little bit more. It's a little cooler out. I, it might change it a little bit. Maybe the home fans can give you a boost, but I don't expect that game to be too much different even in Buffalo. Um, and next week – you know, getting into next week, you have a challenge with a Del or excuse me, a Denver team who just took care of Dallas right now, as you know, as we speak. So, another challenging defense, back to back, probably top three defenses you're going to face here, and a defense that just held Ezekiel Elliott to three yards rushing through like three and a half quarters. Definitely, and of course, their pass rush is scary. And uh, I thought, you know, yes, there was pressure on Tyrod today, uh, but uh, there was he was only hurried according to Pro Football Focus. He was only hurried four times. He has hit once and gave up uh, four sacks. Um, but it, it, it's he didn't look comfortable. I think that was pretty apparent. They did some nice twists and loops with their defensive right. line. They even brought the the, the you know showed the double A uh, gap blitz, and obviously that confused us. And uh, someone referenced the the Baltimore game last year. That's something they did a lot of, and that's something we did really well today too on our side on defensive side of the ball. But uh, it was one of those things. It's it's tough. Uh, to throw and, and be efficient in that underneath area when you have linebackers as good as those guys are. It, it's just yeah. really hard because they can cover so much ground. Yeah, and uh, Mike in the chat says, I think that's the problem. He's not reading quickly and getting the ball out, and I'm alluding to Tyrod. So um, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if that's true. Again, right. I think that's something we'd have to look at the film at because, um, I mean, right now Tyrod Taylor, according to Pro Football Focus, he got the ball out in 2.6 seconds. I mean that's that's high for him. That's I mean that's really good. Um, no, that's usually good. he's in two se like two sevens, two eights, and two nines sometimes. Yep. And yeah. like you said, we're getting those short completions to high percentage passes with Yak. We didn't get it today. Their linebackers are the best in the league and maybe the best to play the game right now currently in the league. Um, and they could be the best unit all all encompassing. So I saw one play particularly. I believe it might have even been the first quarter where Tyrod broke contain and was looking like he was going to run for a first down and just got gobbled up by Luke Keekley. And it I said in ninety percent of the times he he has that read and tries to gut up the middle, he gets that first down. It was like it was like third and seven. He ended up getting like four or five on the scramble, but Keekley just collapsed like I've From never the backside, yeah, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. That's a first he down on most teams. Yeah, he he put yeah, a move on the more. one defender, and then yeah. Keekley, who I think was actually spying off to the right side yeah. of the offensive line, came all the way from the right side and hawked him down from behind. And and I, was that a third down? I, I yep. thought that was a third down. Yep, yep. third and seven. Um, and I remember getting four specifically because I looked up and I was like, "You only got four on that," because <laughs> that's that's a ten yard at minimum ten yard play more. Um, if you get if he gets by Luke Keekley or whoever is playing that linebacker spot on another team, it's a thirty yard gain, twenty to thirty yard gain. Um, there was yeah. no one there. So to me, it was like, oh my gosh, he got caught. That doesn't happen very often, especially from the backside. That definitely does not happen very often. Um, and you're going to see Tyrod be able to make more plays with his feet. And you saw it a little bit today that he was able to make some plays with his feet, You know, getting, I believe, around 50 yards rushing um, against a very good defense. So imagine what he's able to do uh, against a defense that isn't able to collapse like they are, like Carolina is. So, Yeah, it, it's one of those things that, you know, it's going to be part of his game. He's gonna he's gonna pull the ball down, you know. He's and I kind of diagram that play a few plays of him making it to his third read. That's not, I'm not saying that's what he's gonna do consistently, guys. I'm just showing that he didn't do that last year, and yeah. part of that reason was the system. And you know, this year it's it's pretty apparent that they are, you know, using that type of system where he's you know going through his reads and his footwork is matching. But yep. in the end, it's muscle memory, and you know he's not going to make it to that third read every single time. Uh, we need to do he, we need him to do it as much as he can 
so that we can move this offense and be efficient. And, but and it's how, just he's going to do it consistently. And how about the read where everyone wanted him to throw across his body to Nick O'Leary? Oh, my a, goodness. A third down play. He made the right read. Patrick DeMarco needs to catch the freaking football. There's I no. Couldn't, I, I couldn't. I could. I, I knew that was going to happen immediately. I knew that someone was going to complain about that. that. Guy's running full speed to his left, and they want him to throw across his body. I don't. Get they wanted it. him to. People said, in their defense, they wanted him to anticipate Nick O'Leary being wide open. <laughs> Stop his movement to the left. Stop flat-footed and throw it to Nick O'Leary. When he made the right read, it was a fine play call. It was a fine throw, and. DeMarco just bobbles it out of bounds. Like, once again, Tyrod was not getting a lot. I don't know what more you can do than make the right read, get a first down on a throw that I borderline can make the play on. So I don't know what you're supposed to do when you're you're giving meaningful snaps to a fullback who's supposed to be in the game, supposed to be one of the better ones in the league, that's supposed to be able to do more than just block like Felton. Didn't make the play. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to make that play and I thought make that, that you know, Tyrod Taylor, he had opportunities, he may have missed a bunch of them as well, but when uh there were a bunch of plays that he was let down and I'm not going to just say, "Hey, you know, he had a bu- there's a bunch of drops, you know, Zay Jones this or that." No. But I mean, you you got to have those plays for a quarterback that is struggling, an offense that is struggling. Uh I don't care who it is. Uh you, you got to have that um, just extend drives make and play. Help your defense. Yeah, make, make a, a play. play for your quarterback. Like it's just that simple. You have to make a play. You can't bobble it out of bounds and say it wasn't the most perfect throw that Tom Brady ever threw. And then your fans get behind that kind of stuff. Like you need to make a play for the quarterback. Like every team does across the league, whether it's Philip Rivers, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. People are going up and making plays for people, and you need to do the same thing for your quarterback. And they were unable to do so in a lot of ways. So. Throws can always be better. Reads can always be better. You can always stop flat foot and throw across your body to an open second tight end, I guess. I guess, right. you, could do, I guess you could do that in theory. <laughs> um, I guess that that's always something you're able to do. But you can you you just when it when the right read is made and you throw to Zay Jones, and Zay Jones dropped another pass earlier. In the game. It wasn't yeah. just the one at the end of the game. He dropped another one that that one I thought he should have had. That yeah. one I think is on him it, yeah. because um, I, I, I said it during the game. Uh, I thought Tyrod did a good job of anticipating it. He saw the defense well. He got third the ball down. out. And, yeah, it was third down. Uh, there's a linebacker in the passing lane, and uh, the throw was there. But if you watch it again, uh, Zay Jones had his hands incorrect. He had it like a basket catch. He should have yeah. framed it, and that's that's a money catch. I, I don't know what happened and why he, he let his mechanics get away from him. But, again, it, he's a rookie, and – Hey, I'm his biggest fan. I was you know, going back to college days, but did I expect Rowan Pains? Absolutely. He played at sure. East Carolina, sure. guys. Sure. Absolutely. And I think it was Rich Fan I saw on Twitter that tweeted at me um, or just tweeted in general that said, you tout him as a 399 catch guy. You know, you're going to hope that he can make some of those plays even early on. Maybe some of the route running won't translate. Maybe some of the speed won't translate, whatever. You are expecting those the, the catchability and the catches to be able to – maybe the yak doesn't translate, but you're, you're, you're hoping okay. that the catch is made both of those plays, if not one or the other, though. I think that – I think you can put the – I think you need to help your quarterback out with 19 seconds left. Your quarterback's making a play. Come up with the ball. Come up yeah. with the ball. It's in your hands. It wasn't skied. It wasn't out of bounds. It's not like you came up with it and you couldn't get your feet in because it was a terrible throw. It was an okay throw. It was an okay to an above average throw. Come down with the ball. You're open. No one's covering you. I, I, I think you need to make that play. Yeah, I think you need to make that play. We had a question in the chat box. Uh, why did the game plan call for so many throws at the line of scrimmage given the speed of the Carolina defense? Uh, honestly, I think that uh, the offensive staff, staff actually – thought that the uh, Panthers were going to blitz a ton. Uh, And you got to keep in mind, they blew out the 49ers last week. So as much film as you think they watched, they didn't really have much to work off of. Um, According to Pro Football Focus, they blitzed Tyrod Taylor uh, of his 35 dropbacks. They blitzed him uh, 12 times. And uh, Tyrod was 8 for 10. Um, so, uh, they brought they were it ready you know, for it. Yeah. 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 They're ready so, for the blitz. Yeah. And so that's why you see Tyrod's numbers as far as him getting the ball out quickly. You saw those, um, you know, pretty, pretty high. Uh, and, and he did a good job at least getting the ball out. Of course, there are a few times where he held it and had to scramble and whatnot. But, uh, I, I do think that a lot of those quick passes had to do because of, uh, what Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers wanted to do on defense and what they had been talking about this whole off season in Carolina 
is how aggressive he is as a defensive play caller and that they wanted to play a little more man. Obviously, that didn't happen last week, and they played a lot of cover three um, like we do on our defense. But, again, that had to do because uh, with the blowout. They had a you know, big blowout last week. I thought you week. saw a lot more man today. Yeah, um, it seemed like there was a decent amount of man pressures too, yeah. Yep. And we and you could tell, like we just talked about in one of the plays we just showed, we didn't have a man beater. We weren't expecting it. Um, we weren't expecting a lot of them going to man too much, and I think that's where they came up big on their defensive game plan, at least early on, at least from early looks, that they came big, um, knowing how to contain, having a, having one of the best linebacking cores in the league, and knowing how to contain a running quarterback on top of being able to call a little bit more man, you know, putting and, and knowing you could shut down the run and play a little more man. So. I and that's why that, you yeah. had mentioned like, maybe they call up another guy for as, uh, as far as receiver goes. Um, uh, that may be that may be why. You gotta you get out of, yeah, you gotta have a man beater. One of the questions that uh, was asked at the presser is, uh, um, you know, the the receivers having issues separating, and and uh, McDermott said, "No, we gotta look at the film." Yeah, we do. But if if we saw a lot of man, and and I don't know if this reporter actually saw that, and that's why he's asking, didn't see any separation from the receivers. Um, or, or is he just, just throwing that out there? Yeah, yeah. He could just be throwing that out there and it's going to stick no matter what. Um, but that's something we have to pay attention to when we go to the film the next couple of days, because if that's true, uh, we do need to make some changes because now that blueprints out that, Hey, guess what? We can play man yeah, against high ride now and yep. still contain him. It's that's, that's where, uh, Nate and I had talked about this in one of the pods over the summer is if, if that occurs, if we're seeing, starting to see more man, because we saw a lot of zone coverages in the past couple of years uh, against Tyrod Taylor, cause they're scared of him running. running. Yep. Yeah. So if they start playing man, our receivers can't separate because we don't have the semi Watkins anymore or any of those receivers that can stretch the field. That's going to be trouble for this offense. Yeah, absolutely. And back to alluding to me saying we need to make changes, and I think we will. Speed receiver makes sense, but here's an underrated one. A speed running back that can make a play out of the backfield on a passing down on a man beater or man beat situation or any anything like anyone that could beat a linebacker that give Tyrod Taylor a safety valve that isn't just LaShawn McCoy. I, I wouldn't count out Joe Banyard or someone along those lines and not being on the roster because you need to make a move to get someone on the offensive side of the ball that can actually play meaningful snaps. that isn't just Mike Tolbert. So I do think that I don't know who's out there. I would have to look. I don't know if anyone's been cut. Anyone's on practice squads. I wouldn't be surprised to see a quick pay change of pace running back that we don't have. Um, someone that can supplement like Tolbert. If someone does something does happen to McCoy, you can play a little bit more of the same offense you're running. I think you're able to make a move on the running back position. I, I think that that's going to happen. I really do. I think I see a running back move change coming. I think you have to make a move there, and you have to either choose between Banyard or Jones on who you want as your other running back. But I think you need to see it. You know, I think you need to have an offensive running back that can play offense. I think. I, I mean, that, that's and Lashawn McCoy was banged up again today. He was targeted seven times, caught six for thirty-three yards, which is nothing spectacular. His no. longest was eleven. But uh, there's some validity to what you're saying because. Um, if we keep feeding LaShawn McCoy as much as we want, uh, how long is he going to make it? I mean, right. honestly, let's think about that. Um, and, and yes, I understand why they're doing it, why they're targeting him, why, you know, targeting clay, uh, as far as, you know, the, the salaries and whatnot, and they are our better players, but, uh, I don't know if McCoy can make it through a season uh, at this rate right now. And it's just a little bang up injury. He's, you know, soft injury to his groin and, 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 his, and his wrist is still bugging and maybe a little bit more than the bills are leading on. And someone just said, CJ Spiller got cut. Yeah. The chiefs are playing games with CJ Spiller, cutting him, you know, every three days, eventually a team like the bills are just going to pop in and be like, you know what? We'll use a guy like that in our offense. So stop cutting him. Um, so I think that's a good example of someone that I'm thinking in the top of my head that you could bring in to maybe try to, you know, tr I've, I've watched a lot of football today. Someone that can try to alleviate a lot of pressure, especially as we've been talking about, if they're going to go to that man coverage. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, um, especially when you have you know the, the defenses that we do have coming up. So uh, they're going to have to do something because uh, we saw it when we played the Eagles. Uh, they did a lot of press man disrupting the receivers at the line of scrimmage, and and I know we we upped our receiving core as far as size goes, and we got you know some taller guys, but. Um, if they can't separate at the line of scrimmage, uh, and we're trying to run these quick passes to Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, from Tyrod Taylor to yeah. help him out and get the ball into the hands of these receivers. I mean, what good is it? Yeah, really and, though. What good is it? Yeah, exactly. And Taylor says Denver's not going to be the week to start blossoming on offense. I absolutely, that's going to be a challenge. Dak Prescott actually just ended the game on a 103 yard touch interception pick six. Akeem Ooh. Talib picked him off, uh, for 103 yards. Um, da uh, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott went nine for eight yards, nine carries for wow. eight yards. 
uh, yeah, that's not going to be fun. Um, that's not going to be a very, it's going to be a very similar game to what you saw today, but Denver might have a better offense. Um, yeah, Simeon looked good. That offense was flowing, man. They were getting the ball to Sanders. Yeah. Um, some nice routes. Um, I, and they that, definitely have a better back uh, secondary than than Carolina. Oh does, my goodness! So. Yeah, they can easily play man against us. We'll just yeah. say that right now. So don't don't expect any zone there. Expect a lot of pressure. And oh, some, absolutely. And some why, man wouldn't yeah, why wouldn't they run a man? You know, you know, we better. That's why I'm trying to predict some type of move this week because I think we need someone that can do something different. Um, on offensive side of the ball and, 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 uh, Dennison at the very least needs to pull out a different game plan against Denver. The very least he, he at least, I think he'll know he's going to see a lot of seeing he spent a lot of time in Denver. Yeah. I that's the other thing. That's like, we have I that think, again, two weeks in a row. I think this time it helps though. Pre- previously it doesn't cause they know McDermott, they know McDermott. They know what we're trying to accomplish this time around. I do think that it helps know how they're going to play defensively. I think you have more footage on what Denver is going to do to your style of offense, I think. So not that it's going to mean much or we're going to be able to do anything with that, but I do think you can predict you're going to see zone. You can have a man beater. You can have different things called screens, different things to to try to get their pursuit down. You weren't predicting some of those this week. So I think Wilkes went and said, you know what? I'm not going to run Sean McDermott's defense this week, especially we're going to do a lot of different things, different things. And you saw that today and it fooled our offense more on the offensive side of the ball. I still think defensively, we knew a lot of Cam Newton. We knew what they were looking to do. We knew a lot about what they were trying to accomplish. And it showed that we were able to keep them in check offensively though. Carolina came out with a totally different game plan. I, I don't believe we were ready for it. That's, that's my opinion. On my, on my take is we did not know what they were going to do defensively. They totally changed it up and totally foiled us, totally foiled us on the offensive side of the ball, their defensive side of the ball. So yeah, I think when we play Denver, they can't have that trickery element, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. I, I, I mean, I, I do agree with you uh, that the game plan uh, kind of caught us off guard because uh, you saw a decent amount of man uh, from what it appears that way. And then you saw at the end, uh, towards the second half of the fourth quarter, that we actually started moving the ball because they started dropping into zone. zone. Yeah, absolutely. So, That's so what I was talking about. Why change then when you're so, you've yeah. lobbed three points, you've played a really solid performance, even though there's only two minutes and 30 seconds left, whatever it was. Because they were attacking Whirly. That's why. Yeah. They, they were attacking Whirly, and we were, we were winning that. And so they, I think they and just. we were continuing to win until the OPM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it definitely. Yeah, and, and, and we had it won. Here's I, I a mean, question we got. So, th- and this kind of pertains to what uh, is going to happen next week because uh, Emilio asked, would Dawkins be an improvement over Mills? Um, I mean, can we even play him there? Because Cordy Glenn's been in and out of the lineup, Kevin. Yeah, and someone just said, do we have any update on his ankle? And McDermott just went up there today and was like, no updates on the injuries. All, still only one to be really injured this year slash right now is is him and I guess, you know, our backup defensive tackle worthy. So, I don't think you can. You've already you've already you've already implemented plan B, which is to play Dawkins at left tackle. You need him to develop there. I think you might have a better chance next year to move Glenn to right tackle. I don't know. We'll see. But I think you have at this point, I don't think you'll have the option to keep moving Dawkins and stunning his growth, get learning different kick slides on each side of the line. So I don't think you can. Yeah, I, I thought Dawkins did all right when he was in there. Um, that one was okay. screen, that screenplay, yeah. he got out in front of Clay, did a good job of uh, leading there. Looks like Cordy Glenn, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, played 17 snaps. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he obviously wasn't that effective either. Um, uh, he gave up a sack. So, I, and we saw it last week, guys. We saw him struggle last week. He had trouble anchoring, and, and that's not a surprise when you have those you know lower leg injuries. Um, his inability to anchor – against rushers and honestly it's become a liability because that's the blind side of uh tyrod taylor and and don't i can't say that cordy glenn at 80 percent is better than dawkins right now i i can't say that but um you can't sh- keep shifting like you and, said you can't keep shifting no. dawkins left and right um and as bad as mills has played um you gotta think about the development of you know your draft pick deon dawkins young players more important yeah developing your young players more important than punishing mills for poor play um plus the continuity helps a little bit on top of it like you said if you're going to bench mills fine move over um move over dawkins play right tackle then you can do play mcdermott on the left on left tackle i I don't know what you're going to do you're not going to move mills to left tackle so what are you going to do you're going to wait for glenn to be full strength um your offensive line's getting worse. As bad as Mills is, your offensive line's getting worse doing stuff like that, anyways. And then you're stunning the growth of your draft pick. So it just doesn't make any sense. Mills does have some moments where he's okay. He yeah. is able to do some run blocking things. He's not 
last week, in fact, he didn't allow pressure and he wasn't egregious. So there is times when he's a competent player. Um, he played a really good defensive line today. I think he's a below average tackle. Um, but I, I do think it's the best move to keep him at right tackle. Keep Dawkins learning left tackle because he's probably your future there. And see what happens with Glenn if he comes back. And I think we've deemed Dawkins at 100% better than Glenn at 75 or 80% healthy. So I do think that at some point, Glenn's going to need to fully get healthy and then maybe come back at 100 or make a move to right tackle. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Send your questions in, guys. All right. We need some more questions yeah. here. Um, let's Eduardo see. said they bamboozled us. I think you're, <laughs> I think he's referring to what we were talking about with the yeah. man zone the discussion. I don't think you're off. Yeah. I think that. Rick Dennison, if you had him in a room, you know, drinking a coffee or beer with you right now, I think he would tell you we were expecting more zone for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think, um, I think the film's going to make that pretty clear eventually once it does come up. Um, because if you're not running any, you know, crossing routes, any mesh concepts, any type of rub routes, uh, you're not, you don't have man beaters. And we didn't see many of those um, from the first look. Uh, so we'll have to we'll have to take a, another look at the film for that. Yeah, I got some couple comments. We're going to need to play Dawkins and Glenn on the left, and Mills, Henderson, and Groy on the right at the same time to stop Vaughn. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're not totally off there. Henderson's not back to week five though, so he can't or six, so he can't go with that strategy. Philip Mona, I just want to know the team's blueprint and what they're trying to build. Is there a comparison to Dennison's offense that we successfully that was successful without a burner? Um, That's a good question. Um, you got to also look at the type of receivers that they had in Denver last year and prior years. You know, they're not, uh, I mean, look at their top three. I think they're all better than what we have as far as top tier, you know, as far as, um, you know, premier talent. I mean, Demarius Thomas, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is, we're talking about man beaters. That guy is a man beater himself. He can yep. separate with his quickness in and out he, of breaks. He's, he's a built man beater. They had that. So they yeah. always had a man beater by default. So. Yeah. I sure they they always had and they always had Demaryius Thomas so they they had a lot of different threats. You guys think the Denver run D is vulnerable after they shut down Zeke today? That's um if they can shut down that Cowboys offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott, anything's possible. I I mean wow, uh, what was the final tally there, Kev? How many yards? Uh, it ended up being forty two seventeen. Um, what was the the rushing yards they gave up? Uh, they gave up twenty four to Prescott eight. To R. Smith. Rod Smith, yeah, the backup running back. Oh, really? They're playing yeah. him over McFadden. And eight yards to Ezekiel Elliott. Nine, <laughs> oh, nine carries for eight gosh. yards. Yeah, that's scary. I don't want to think about it, guys. I want to let's 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 stick with this game because I'm already opposite worried. End, opposite end, CJ went 25 for 118 in a touchdown. Oh, Dallas's yeah. defense didn't look very good on another note. Jamal Charles. Why- Jamal was- Charles nine for 46 and Simeon five for 14. So they're moving the ball on the on the ground there. Um, I honestly man. thought we would do a better job of running the ball because, I, I, like I said, I watched the film last year when Dennison played McDermott. Of course, yes, McDermott was calling the plays on defense, but uh, they put up you know some pretty good uh, numbers against uh, that over front, and I thought we were going to be a little more effective today, at least to help in a play action game. But I mean, you couldn't even get that going. Uh, yes, you know we're going to have. I've said this several times. You're going to have times where. We're, we're going to have one yard rushes. We're going to have two yards, negative one. Um, you got to minimize those, but guess what? It's going to set up your play action game. And uh, we weren't able to get that going period. And and we were stopped uh, across the board right. in the run. And so with their linebackers, they didn't come down, have to come downhill that much when we ran play action because uh, of the, you know, the lack of ability to, to move the ball. And so you have those linebackers being able to just pin, you know, drop back into those zones and those middle areas, it, it makes it very difficult for a guy like Tyrod Tiller to throw. Yeah, and Magic Catfish follows it up with, got to make Simeon throw it deep. Dallas let him off off the boots to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to probably cut down. If we're dropping into zones, we're not going to allow them to throw deep. But you're right. I guess I guess we're going to have to, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Right now they're ticking on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. Really, they are. Just two games. Um, they're 2-0. and they are looking, them in Kansas City are looking like very strong teams right now. Man, and so now I'm looking at the Tyrod Taylor play action numbers because, again, I think that the Bills have to be in the 22 to 24% range of play action to be effective in the passing game this year. And Tyrod Taylor on 35 dropbacks, he had three play action passes. Because I can't even recall many. Three, Um, Three, and he completed all three of them. 
Looks like he completed out. all three of them, but uh, for 15 yards. So was one of them that that third down to Demarco. Uh, it couldn't have been because you said you completed all three of them. Yeah, it looks like he completed all three of them. Huh. Three attempts, three completions. Again, these no, these numbers are they're raw, fluid. Yeah, they're raw. Yeah, they're fluid. Four, but they, could, they could change later. Uh, it, change much. it might have yeah. been four. Um, but still, because I think that that was maybe maybe I'm wrong. Eight point six percent of the passes were play action passes. That's not enough. Yeah, that's no just, way. They're not going to win. I'm telling you, they got foiled. I, I really think, as <laughs> as Emilio said, they got bamboozled. Um, I, I think I think I think that's a really good way to put it. From the offense, from our offense to their defense, I think you can say they did get tricked. Um, did I you change your mind? mind on Casey? Jeez, man, um, people do not let things no, go, do they? Not in my mentions, they don't. Um, <laughs> I guess so. I guess I changed my mind in Kansas City. Uh, I didn't. I, they didn't look as good today as they did against New England. Um, if that's saying anything, I thought they were in a hard fought game against the Eagles. But yeah, I guess they're better than I thought. I, I just thought that offense was going to be so poor. I really did. I thought their offense was going to be so poor, but no one's figured out a way to stop. You know, really, really stop Kareem Hunt right now. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, put, that, put like- someone puts that on on film, it'll be a lot of different a different offense. Yeah, it's two games in, too. You never know. Uh, it's it's still early uh, for any team. Uh, I mean, you can't – the teams you're seeing right now in the first two weeks aren't going to be the same teams you're going to see at the end Absolutely of the season. Absolutely not. And Come still, on, if, we, if we still aren't facing this attrition, which Cordy Glenn still is the only one, you never know what could happen by week eight if we're still fairly healthy. There's such a slim margin of difference between teams, even the Jets to whoever. There's still a slim margin of error that can be made up by your players being healthy. So – I still think there's some hope there if the team can stay healthy. Denver just – I know I, I saw Garrett Bowles go down and get carted off their starting left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be news. So that's going to be a little something, a little bit of little bit of wiggle room back on our end that you're going to be able to maybe get after um, Trevor Simeon, um, you know, if he's, you know, with Jerry Hughes, if there's going to be a backup left tackle in there. Yeah, and I brought up the PFF stats for our defense because we're talking about you never know. Well, you have a defense – that for two straight weeks has done a heck of a job and kept you in these games. And yes, you can't rely on them to do that every week. But I don't know about you, Kev, but I thought that by the that fourth quarter, I thought they'd be dead. Honestly, I thought they'd be dead. I thought that game was over once they got inside the red zone again cool. that last. And and of course, we caught a break there. But I mean, I thought they were def- like all prior Bills teams would have folded. I'm sorry. They would have folded right there and gave up a touchdown. Absolutely. And, you know, looking at your current scores, I actually agree. I, I I didn't love the way the only one I didn't love the way that they played was Ramon Humber. And it, and it shows right here. Uh, I, I thought he was missing zones. I didn't think he was dropping back into the right fits. Um, I didn't really love the way he played and negative 2.7 would back me up a little bit there. Negative 3.4 in pass coverage. But um, I, I agree. I, I had this battle on Twitter in the fourth quarter. Everyone's like, well, they're going to break because they're tired and they're going to do this. They're going to do that. Like, you got to allow them to allow a touchdown. It's like, no, good defenses don't allow a touchdown, just like Carolina's didn't. Good yeah. defenses don't allow a touchdown in the fourth. It's part of you're, – you're trained – you're a trained professional athlete. You're a trained professional athlete. You get paid to work out. You get paid to be in extreme good shape. You should – you shouldn't just fold because you've been on the field a lot. Good defenses are going to play a lot because that's why they're good. Uh, maybe your offense isn't as good. Denver plays a lot too. I think you need to be able to come up big, and they did. They didn't just fold like Eric just said. So, yeah. I think that's a, that's one thing, and we're gonna wrap it up here. I think that's one thing we need to take away from this because I, as bad as that game looked on the offensive side, and as good as it looked on the defensive side, uh, I always say you guys stay even keeled, right? I, I, I want us Absolutely. to stay even keeled. I want to stay rational about it. Uh, we, you don't come to lockdown Bills for hot takes all right we'll give you our honest opinion don't get us wrong but we're you're not we're not going to throw hot takes out there and we want you to stay even keeled because you're going to have highs and lows the season's going to have highs and lows all right and each play is going to have highs each and lows. play exactly and so um and, and that's what we need to keep in mind and and you know these these plays these guys are paid to play game i get that but they also make mistakes, all right? So we, you got to expect these type of things to happen where uh, you're going to have a blown coverage here there, or exactly. the game plan's not going to work because guess what? The other guys get paid too. And the other coaches get paid too. And like you Absolutely. just said, you just said maybe you didn't do anything wrong and they just made a great play. You don't – a lot of a lot of normal fans don't realize whether that was a good play or not. Or like you said, maybe Jerry Hughes sacked the quarterback, but Ramon Humber was beaten terribly. That would have been a touchdown. But because Hughes got there, 
you saved a touchdown. You don't really know those kind of things just because because one player played a really good play. All 10 other players could have been out of position, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one player could save a play, could save a game, could save a drive, could save whatever you want them to. Um, and which was egregious what that PFF did give us a negative pass rush grade. <laughs> I did not <laughs> as a team. That's weird. Yeah, that is um, weird. Um, but I do want to wrap it up, like I was absolutely. saying, with uh, – I just think I, it, the team felt different to me. I didn't see them quitting on their coach. I didn't see them quitting on I don't think they uh, quit their team. Either. No, 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 they definitely didn't. And that's one thing that I take away from this game is, yeah, we lost, but it was still a close game. You know what's um, funny? Had Zay Jones came down with that pass, whoever, whether it was a good pass, good throw, it's a completely different discussion. They, they, they would have won. They would have won that game with one play. That's how yeah. close this game was. Yeah. One play. One Zay Jones play. Maybe it's down on the two and we'd get stopped there anyways. However, one Zay Jones play. And this discuss exactly. It's just discussions is totally different. No one quit. It would have been such a good, gritty performance, blah, blah, blah. It's just that's one play. That's even as good or as bad as we played offensively. The team still went down and drove the entire field, got an awful OPI, almost overcame it, and almost scored a touchdown to win. So yeah. period. Like the team was still in it against a really good Carolina team. They're pretty good. I, like I said, I, they're a playoff team. So, And before we go, remember this edition of Lockdown Bills was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the betting action uh, where they'll match your deposit up to 100%. So use promo code LOCKDOWN and uh, make sure to check it out. With that said, uh, thanks for tuning in Lockdown Bills. Uh, make sure to get on LockdownBills.com, uh, CoverOne.net, uh, iTunes. Get on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. Uh, you leave weird. a review. And uh, if you leave uh, your Twitter handle in there, uh, you'll be entered for a chance to win a Pro Football Focus uh, membership. They're giving one away uh, a week. So uh, definitely get on there. It's the stats we use. So uh, it, you'll be able to follow along. And uh, they actually come in handy, too, you know, when you're at the bar on the weekend. They and do. They yeah, do. You know, they help you. They back, they back you up. They back your argument up. Uh, I do like using it for that. Just like, okay, well, well, I mean, obviously I watch a lot of film, but it's like, okay, what, what, here, look at this stat. You know yeah, what I mean? Someone, someone <laughs> says something and someone's else like, well, maybe, but here's my argument. And then here's a PFF stat that breaks like, the tie. It's I, not, you got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing. It's like, and they're like, they don't have anything, but like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you can have that tiebreaker if you're ever in a discussion, load up your PFF account right there. Just go, all you have to do is go and leave us a review and leave your Twitter handle. I mean, shoot, you, can I do that? Because I will. <laughs> no, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, it's been Lockdown Bills presented by Cover One. You sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.